This is the Rich Eisen Show. I like that they have personality. I'm living my life, man. The grass is so freaking green here, you have no idea. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The 47-year wait is over! The Denver Nuggets stand on top! The Rich Eisen Show with guest host... Tom Pelissero. Coming up, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Tom Pelissero. We've got some NFL news. We shall get to momentarily a big holdout for one of the AFC contenders. Ooh. Player absent from the mandatory minicamp that is beginning today. But we shall start... With the moment that you just heard immortalized right there by the Nuggets broadcasting team, Mike Breen on TV. Really, excitement unparalleled for everyone except apparently Nikola Jokic, who just wants to go home. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of a lot of championship celebrations right? Uh, over my 42 years watching sports, consuming it, covering the NFL. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like the post game uh, with Jokic last night. The best player, the finals MVP, the NBA MVP. And let's just play it right now. Here's Nikola Jokic with Lisa Salters moments after the Nuggets clinched the NBA title. You are an NBA champion, Nikola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. Lisa Salters is, you know, she's, she's a longtime pro, and you know she's she's fairly straight laced on the air. Even she kind of just like, wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, I I was thinking there'd be a longer answer. Where do we go? From right here? there, uh, we'll check the notes. Get to the second one. Uh, yeah, I, I listen. I, I don't I don't mean to make too much light of it because I have no idea what's going on. Jokic's, you know, personal life. What you know, you may sure. want to get back to in Serbia. Sure. The, the mental and physical fatigue, I, I can't imagine. You know, you're playing basketball. They, they go to training camp in, like, September. And you're still playing in mid-June. And you come out and you play a grueling series. That was a physical game last night, too. That In the second half, I felt like that was watching a game like a 1990s-style NBA Finals where there's a lot of contact. There's a lot of back and forth. Jimmy Butler makes a massive shot when the Heat are down like eight, and it looks like it's over, and he's shooting terribly, makes an off-balance three. Also, the first player I've ever seen draw a foul uh, by kicking someone in the crotch. (laughs) Am I I wrong that the... No, you're not Didn't the rules change that you can't kick the leg out unnaturally? Yes, that is On that play, and then they reviewed it. Put it this way, after, after watching that review last night, I don't want to hear about the NFL replay process for a while because how you're watching that, and again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not professing to be an NBA expert or even a, a regular fan of the game, but if the player kicking a guy between the legs who jumps straight up to try to block the shot is the, it allows him to draw free, three free throws in a critical moment and it stands on review, I think there might be an issue with the process. I think maybe... Like, is that his natural shooting motion? Like, one, two, three, kick him where it hurts? Is that the natural shooting motion for Jimmy Butler? Throw my feet forward and land on my butt and hope to get a call. 
I don't know, TJ. Were they saying he they didn't give him enough landing room? I I, I still can't believe that call. That has to be it, right? I, because, I can't believe. It. But look. What's it matter? Well, it, <laughs> it, it, it mattered at the time. If the Nuggets, it mattered at the time. But now, if the Nuggets like, had lost that game, and if they come back after that, that would have been a massive controversy. Yeah, That's but, all we would be talking about today. Yeah. But I'm I, still talking about it because I, I still found it so absurd. I, I guess the basketball gods righted the things, and now we don't have to worry about that. I mean, look, Reggie yeah. Miller used to make a, a living doing that. Carl Malone did that sure. back in the day. Um, I. I I had my volume down a little bit, so I didn't actually hear why after the review. They, so, did, they didn't explain it. They just went, call Stan. Okay. So, the guy so went, also Stan, very three shots. Maybe I didn't have the volume down. Yeah. I was like, I didn't hear and it. It was maybe like, they didn't what? say it. The look at all the Nuggets players, like Jamal Murray does one of these. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jokic just buries his head in his hands. Uh, so I was thinking back, though, after, after watching that. And again, setting aside the grueling. NBA season and whatever else might be going on with Jokic. I, I just kept thinking, like, what if Kevin Garnett, when he won the title with the Celtics, had kind of finished off his legendary quote with what Jokic said last night? Anything's possible. Anything's possible! We can go home now. <laughs> Does it not make everything better? <laughs> so funny. It's almost like he was being held hostage, and the only way he could go home yeah. was like you can only come back if you accomplish this and you bring this championship right? back. Now you can go home. What about um, you know when LeBron went back after he'd won in Miami? Yeah. It goes back to Cleveland. It was one of the great, the great post-game NBA championship speeches speeches of all time. And I just kept that same positive attitude. Like instead of saying why me. They're saying this is what he want me to do. And uh, Cleveland, this is for you. We can go home now. <laughs> I can actually go home. Oh, my God. Oh. The hustle bron going home, right? Go home now. Back to Cleveland. <laughs> it makes every quote better. <laughs> I need that drop. It's good. We, we can go home we now. We can go home now. Patrick Mahomes had a pretty good speech. After the Chiefs won their second Super Bowl this past year as well. We challenged each other. It took everybody to win this football game. So uh, shout out my teammates, baby. We're Super Bowl champs, baby. Let's go. We can go home now. <laughs> I want it. I want it always and forever. <laughs> we can go home but now. You can, it's, it's, my, it's my new favorite quote. Great. It, it probably embodies just kind of who Jokic is as a player. Yeah. It's just like the... Oh. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, frankly, like a warlike mentality. I mean, it was just like the job is done. Mm -hmm. We can go home now. There's not, you don't watch him in sense, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, like a lot of joy, like the, even the style of play sure. is just kind of this like methodical battle by battle, wear you down over possession by possession throughout the game. It's not the, the highlight reel type of a thing. Um, but to watch him even with the trophy last night, you could say that was the most awkward thing, but I think Stan Kroenke, um, <laughs> thinking he had to whisper back into Lisa Salter's yeah, ear <laughs> in the postgame. Stan, Stan, you're winning. You're winning tons of stuff. We got to master the the championship uh, postgame. He's won what with the Avalanche. He won with the Rams, Rams. and he won with the Nuggets, Nuggets in the past couple of years. His uh, he owns the Colorado Smat, like the, the lacrosse, lacrosse team, team, I believe. Mammoth. 
The and Mammoth. Then, and then the Ar- Arsenal name. almost won Premier League. I want to start it's looking at like close. like those leagues, like Major League Lacrosse, and start thinking of like brainstorming new names for the Washington football team when they inevitably oh, man. sell to Josh totally Harris and drop command. How about the Washington Mammoth? <laughs> I yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's not a lot of mountains around, so I don't know. Mammoth. Mammoth. I mean, there are a lot of mammoths Mike, around? Like the woolly the mammoth. mammoth. Well, the woolly mammoth. There's one in the Smithsonian. That's true. Which is located in Washington, D.C. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. Brought it all full circle. We'll transport that to the new uh, RFK Stadium that they're going to build in D.C. Bring it back. But yeah, I, I said that in the group chat last night. I'm like, does Stan know that the microphone <laughs> isn't in league? And maybe, I, so the only thing I can come up with is, Maybe Stan's done this so much he wasn't sure if Lisa could hear him, so he wanted to make sure. Right, but it right. Looked like he was spitting was game so in her loud. ear. <laughs> like it was just. Well, it's always, I've never seen I'll that say before. this: as somebody who does you know post game interviews, it is always a little bit uncomfortable when you're doing it at a very loud stadium, like right after the game, mm-hmm. and you're not sure if the person could hear you. So you're like every post game interview when you hear me talk on NFL Network. I'm basically shouting at the guy. Mm-hmm. And I even tell myself, don't shout. And then I hear it later. It's like, what do you think at the end there when you're driving? Like, because you're just thinking, like, I don't want I don't want him to go, excuse me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah gotcha. What did you say? Right. So you, you kind of do, like, the, the lean in. I've never had anybody, like, lean back and whisper in my ear before. But I think that's just Stan in the moment. He's so excited. And, yeah, he's thinking, like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to kind of. Say it back the... Make sure you hear what I'm saying. Say it back the same way. Yeah. I'll say this. The the up-close and personal post-game interview still light years better than the COVID post-game interview. You remember those, seeing the oh, long yeah. distance <laughs> types of things? Yeah. You know what it's like to try to interview somebody who's 50 feet away from you and on you, the field when you're not allowed on the field and you're in the stands and there's a guy with a gigantic yeah, boom mic and you're shouting that. to them That's, and you can't actually hear any of the words coming out of their mouth so you're lip reading. That was wild. You remember lip reading. reading. Did you have masks on too at that point too or no? Like Some stadiums, yes. Okay, Some okay. stadiums required you so to have like masks on do while doing it as well. I, I specifically remember one where it was I was interviewing A.J. Brown in Nashville. They did have fans at the end of 2020. They could have like 30,000 fans. It was like half capacity. So it's still pretty loud. I'm in the stands because we're not allowed on the field. He's out on the field. It's very loud. All the fans are chanting, A.J., A.J., and I'm just shouting my questions. Derek Henry, MVP, <laughs> And then I see him, and he's just going... Yeah. And I'm literally just reading his lips like, all right, cool. I think. And you watch the interview, you wouldn't know it. But it's like, that was a, I, I hope we don't have to go back to that challenge. I'd rather have, <laughs> rather have Stan whispering in my ear. <laughs> any day. You, you know what else always jumps out about? $10,000 electric blue jacket that he had on. <laughs> That's a, Stan's a well-dressed man. Like yeah. if you're ranking, I actually should think about this. This is a pretty good segment. Like top five best-dressed NFL owners. Look at Stan. Stan always dresses that, well. That suit is worth more than my car. Absolutely. I guarantee I guaranteed. it. Adam Silver looks pretty good there, too. I like that pinstripe. Uh, Stan is definitely top five best-dressed NFL owners. Shad Khan is definitely up there. Yeah, Shad yeah, Khan. Shad is coming. Bob right. Kraft always the, impeccable. The mustache always Bishkati. thoroughly waxed. Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft with shirt, pink tie. He's got his own line of the Air Force Ones yep. that he had made years ago. Like those are all Bob Kraft originals. Mm-hmm. He pulls off the sneakers with the suit sneakers. as well as anybody. I'd have to think about who the other two are. That would slide in there. I mean, Mark Davis is a fashion icon. I don't know if we go top five. <laughs> He's an icon. Best dressed. Best or worst, I, lo- I love Mark. Bold or with hair. I mean, he'll roll Which in one? like he'll he'll roll in like full white suit. Like he owns it. But I'll put I'll put I'll put Mark Davis on that list. That's awesome. He's a well dressed man. 
I got to think about who's number five. Stands up there, though. The other, the other thing in the post game that I always find hilarious, you got millionaire athletes, right? And this goes not just to like winning the NBA title, but like when NFL teams clinch the division, you know, when baseball teams, you know, win the, when they have their five different champagne celebrations, play a game. Yeah, we're going, yeah. we're going. Um, like there's always the hats, yep. the hats and the t-shirts and people actually refer to it as the hats and t-shirts game. But like last night, Jamal Murray, I don't know if you guys saw this at the end of the broadcast, but the game's over like a minute past you know, the end of the game, it's still just pandemonium and everything. Jamal Murray's like got his head in his hands and he's crying and he's overcome by emotion. And there's somebody like jabbing him in the stomach with a hat, like put on the hat. Like this, if you watch it, there's five seconds where it's just him being hit. And there he is. He finally put on the hat, but he's just being like hit with it. Just give him a second. Like, is the new era deal that good that they're like, you have to have the hat on within two minutes. And players also really want the hats. The hats and the t-shirts are on immediately. Except for who was the player who walked around uh, shirtless after the game last night on the streets? Aaron Gordon. Aaron Aaron Gordon Gordon. went out in the streets. That's a... That's a new one. I recall one of the Red Sox players did that after the Red Sox Mike won. Na- Mike Napoli famously was shirtless in the streets of Boston. Right. Yeah. This Aaron Gordon was the closest thing I've seen to it. And there were like hundreds of people yeah. around him. But the hilarious part was it wasn't like he went in and changed and then like got in the parade. It was he's literally wearing his whole uniform except the jersey, the shorts. He's got his ankles taped. He's got the sneakers on. It was like the, uh, the scene in Succession where one of the uh, the uh, Roy yeah. kids goes out just in the full suit and like joins the parade. Aaron Gordon wasn't out right. there like yelling at people in a bad way. Yeah, can't I, I didn't see him after. Hopefully, he avoided you know getting punched in the face or anything else bad out there. But that's a fun moment, man. Fun moment. Yeah, it's cool. And now we think about TJ. We turned the page already. Is like where does this Nuggets team rank? Are we we talked yesterday? Is this a budding dynasty? Do they uh, rank Joker? I, I mean, is this a great NBA team? They went. I'm not the one to answer this question. They went you guys 16 and question. four in the playoffs. Right. In the last 20 years, only one other team has done that. It's a really impressive run. And everyone wants to make fun of Joker about how his you know his attitude after the game. Man was just tired. He played 40 minutes or more in half the games. He was just exhausted. Guy put in a championship effort after a tremendous three-season run in which he won two MVPs and now a finals MVP. Uh, this is an all-time performance, and you know I think we're going to remember this team kind of fondly. They, they ran through everybody. On the flip side of that, you go 16-4 through the playoffs. Is that a product of how great this Nuggets team was or who they ended up playing and when they played them? You faced a Heat team that's an eight seed going to the playoffs. Yeah, but Jimmy they, Butler's they, their best player. They swept the Lakers, a team that thought would, was going to win Lakers that series. Are old. Uh, a lot of people thought they were going to win that series. No, they're, I'm aware. They're playing really well in the playoffs. Yeah, but we also didn't think the Lakers were going to make the, the, the playoffs. The Lakers almost lost to the Timberwolves in a play-in game. But a lot of people did pick them to go far. You know, they beat Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Um, well, Chris Paul didn't play. The whole series? I don't think. out the whole series? He might play game one. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Denver, I, I don't want to hear that who did they beat stuff. Uh, that's, like, super hot take. It's, va- it's a valid thing. Why I'm throwing. I don't know, man. They beat Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Who was the great team in the NBA That's funny to hear you say that because sometimes in who football the team you you're got like, well, who did they beat? And I'm always like, you beat who's in front of you. So. Sure. Yeah, but a lot of teams, you know, if you want to talk about the Eagles last year, that was the whole thing. Well, who did they play last year? Not a lot of superstars on the teams that the Eagles played in, on their run last season. 
A lot of superstars the Nuggets just went through. I, I always subscribe to the theory that you play the teams that are in front of you and you beat the teams that are in front of you. So it's all it's valid. It's valid what they did. Sixteen and four. They had the best player, which I there's no argument for that right now. Um, they had the second best player, which I don't feel there's any argument for right now. So yeah, this is. I'm not saying they're an all-time great team, but they definitely did their thing. They handled their business, and they're well-deserved of of, of winning this championship. Speaking of superstar players, we've got a big one who's not shown up today. Not a lot of holdouts Mm. in mandatory minicamps. A couple of guys ended their, or at least put on hold their trade requests. What is going on with Stefan Diggs in Buffalo? And what did Sean McDermott have to say about it today. We will talk about that coming up after this. A lot of NFL talk throughout the show. Leonard Fournette is going to join us. Ian Rappaport, my NFL Network colleague, will be joining as well. And you can call us 844-204-RICH. It's Tom Pelissero in on the Rich Eisenlitz Show. We can go home now. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Stefan Diggs here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Josh told me when I uh, interviewed him for uh, the pregame show prior to the AFC Championship game that you and he are uh, brothers, but very competitive. Like that you actually compete walking down the hallway to see who can walk the fastest. Is that true? Is that really a true story? That story is true. Uh, Actually, he caught me one time walking uh, from the weight room. 
And I was like this, like, why is he walking so fast? So I, so I sped up a little bit, and then he continued to speed up, and then he just took off. So I was like this. Obviously, there's a competition between quarterback and receiver, and it'll never stop. So Really? Uh, it's something, yes, this is something I'm never going to never gonna give up. Uh, we, we compete on video games, who has the most kills, and who carries who. It's just, a, I, I think it makes for a great relationship, though. No, I, I hear you, and I, I ask this question with the utmost of respect, Stefan, so please understand that. Uh, talking about walking down the hallway fastest and playing video games what are you guys five are you guys yeah, five years old gotta be gotta be five years old and we're writing on the walls we're getting in trouble by we'll we'll be joking around in the walkthrough uh-huh. and you'll have coach dayball come in and he's he's super serious but at the same time he jokes sometimes and he'll crack a joke and be like all right all right Uncle, get your butts back to work and it's it's mixed for a great environment great work environment how are you a different guy now through this season than you were when you were acquired it's oh. different i feel like i'm the same guy I just feel like uh, my surroundings are a little different, you know. I was dealing with a younger quarterback, you know. A lot of the guys that were pretty much are established uh, or were in the league for a very long time. I was dealing with a young, charismatic, uh, big heart guy that want to jump over linebackers and run people over and stiff arm people. Uh, I was dealing with a quarterback that I that's young and I was uh, I came at a great time to grow with. So. It's just, you know, all situations are different, but this one was one that uh, it coincided and it worked well. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. A lot of NFL talk over the next two hours and change here on the Rich Eisenless Show. I am Tom Pelissero in for Rich. Uh, Leonard Fournette's going to join us in a little bit. We've talked a lot about the running back market. What's happening? Lenny's sitting out there, unsigned right now. Really interested to hear what he's got to say. Ian Rapport's going to join us as well. And let's get to an interesting story this morning. And I think that there was a sense that something was amiss in Buffalo. And that was confirmed this morning when Sean McDermott spoke to reporters and noted that Stefan Diggs not present for the mandatory minicamp that began today. Let's play what uh, Sean McDermott had to say. Steph is not here. Um, everybody else is here at the current time. How concerned are you about that? Oh, very concerned. Yeah, very concerned. So we don't know all the details at this point on this. Diggs has been active as he always is on social media. He's posted some cryptic tweets through time. But this is not the same situation as years ago in Minnesota back in 2020 when he pretty much tweeted his way out of town when they realized they could get a really good trade package from Buffalo. And so they opted to move on. Stefan Diggs on his contract is due, I looked this up, $24.415 million this year. That includes a $22.745 million signing bonus that was part of a restructure just back in March. When you do that, the way that NFL teams create cap space, because of course the cap is real. Let's remind everyone the cap is real. <laughs> when you do those, what they call simple restructures, what you're doing is you're converting a big chunk of base salary into a signing bonus because you can prorate the signing bonus over the remaining years of the deal. So a $22 million signing bonus this year counts as, quick math in my head, what is it, $4.5 million over each of the next five years. Something like that. I think I'm close. 24.4. So his contract right now is not tradable. 
Because he's got a mountain of dead cap space that would all accelerate into this year's cap or next year's cap. It It's not realistic. Not to mention the fact that he's already gotten a $23 million signing bonus this year. He signed a big extension not that long ago that pays him pretty close to the top of the market type of money. It's difficult to believe the bills are going to look to move on from. It's really not a tradable contract from their standpoint. It's also hard to imagine that Stefan Diggs thinks he's getting a big raise someplace else. So what exactly is going on in Stefan Diggs' head? I'm not certain. I haven't seen Stefan since the uh, the Super Bowl. Seemed to be in good spirits. We, we uh, talked for a little bit there. I sent him a message. We'll see if he gets back. Maybe there's clarity that uh, he wants to get out there. He certainly likes to be... I think it's fair to say, and I think you'd agree with this, the center of attention at times. (laughs) He enjoys that people are talking about him. But this is really unusual for a player who, again, has already restructured his contract. He's going to be there. There's not really a way to trade him to be holding out from a mandatory minicamp. Now, you can sit back and say he's got $99,000 in fines. He's making $24 million this year. This really doesn't matter. Missing minicamp's not that big of a deal, but it does certainly raise questions because why do players hold out from minicamp? You still got training camp coming up in six weeks. You're going to get fined close to 100 grand if you miss all three days of it. We've seen other guys show up. I mentioned earlier a couple of the trade request guys. Yesterday we know Buda Baker showed up for Cardinals minicamp after he had requested trade earlier in this offseason. Devin White today. Is at the Bucks minicamp. He's not participating because Todd Bowles said they want to see what type of shape he's in. Which sometimes yes, sometimes no could be code for yeah, he's he's just not gonna practice. He's he doesn't want to be out there, so we're just gonna kinda let that settle for a minute. Don't know if that's the case here, but Devin White at least showed up. Jonah Williams also showed up to Bengals camp. He had requested a trade earlier this offseason, hired a new agent, wants to be a left tackle. They assigned Orlando Brown, gave him a whole mountain of money. Those guys showed up. The only other player besides Connor Williams who missed the the Dolphins minicamp last week that's holding out right now is Daniil Hunter of the Vikings, which is strictly contract-related. With Diggs, there's not a lot contract-wise that's going to take place. And it's not about going on to a different team. So are there lingering frustrations from how last season ended? That was a really challenging season for a lot of reasons for the Bills, and Diggs was one of the players who at various points voiced some frustration about the situation. But if it's not about money, and there's really no way to engineer a trade, what does Diggs want? Or is this just some part of the new NFL where, what are you going to do, take $99,000 from me? I'm going to go to Bermuda for three weeks right now. I, I don't care. I mean, the offseason program, this is one of the interesting things, too, I think that's, that's played out the last couple of offseasons here. So when I started covering the NFL 20 years ago, no veterans showed up for the voluntary practices in the spring. It was almost all rookies, just the young guys who needed more time. But you didn't see, you know, 10, 15, 20 of those veteran players till training camp. Then sometime in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, it became this thing of like almost a competition between the head coaches of who can get the most players to show up. And if you got 100% participation, you could thump your chest and say, you know, hey, look at the buy-in we've got, the program we're building here. All these guys want to be here. Sometimes teams like the Packers were just structuring huge workout bonuses to make sure guys showed up right. so that they couldn't you know, miss those. But then now in these past few years, and it probably dates back to COVID, you've seen more players going back 
and training on their own again through the course of OTAs. Remember, 2020, there was no offseason program. 2021, it was still COVID impacted. Then when teams came back last year, you started just seeing more of those players not showing up. Is this the next level of it where the top players who are getting the most money just simply don't care about a $100,000 fine? I mean, it's basically like if you have a $100,000 workout bonus, guys blow those off all the time. Right. There is something, though, about in some way violating what the coach would think is sort of the trust of the team by not being at a mandatory activity. And so this is this is going to be an interesting situation to watch because, again, there's not a clear thing that Stephon Diggs plausibly could want here. Like, what's the action item? What will make him show up? Is it he wants them to sign another player? Is it he's frustrated about something else? We'll find out. I'll certainly be trying to find out after the show. Um, but a unique situation there. And then in terms of some of the others, you know, with a guy like Daniil Hunter, that's strictly contract related at this point. We'll see how that plays out here in the coming weeks. At this point, we don't know of any other holdouts around the NFL, though there are a ton of unresolved situations when you talk about the franchise tag guys, even some of these players who showed up for minicamp, and will they end up showing up come training camp time? You know, Saquon Barkley, we played those sound bites from him yesterday. <laughs> Does not sound like a guy who's thrilled with the state of negotiations, though at least there are <laughs> yeah. negotiations at this point. What's he going to do, Tom? Saquon? What's Saquon going to no, do? Said that. I mean, with, with Saquon, he, I mean, he wouldn't rule out, wouldn't rule out the holding out the season. Hold out. It's hard to imagine. But if there's no deal done, does he show up day one at training camp? Maybe not. If you haven't signed your franchise tender, you can't be fined. Same thing with Josh Jacobs. If they don't do a deal in Las Vegas, and at this point there are no signs that anything's moving on that front, I don't think he shows up. That's a great loophole rule that you can't find me if I haven't signed my franchise tag. Well, I mean, the flip side of that is if, let's say, the Raiders at some point go, you know what, we'll sign somebody else and rescind your tender, that might be great for Josh Jacobs because then he goes out to the market, but you don't generally want to hit the market in July. You want to hit it in March. Right. And so what type of deal does he get someplace else? He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's the reigning NFL rushing champ. He'd do just fine out there. But this is not the ideal situation. Yeah. If you're going to become a free agent, just like Delvin Cook, who is going to get paid, but would have been a lot easier to get the type of money he wants in March than it is in June. So, yeah, it is, it's a loophole of sorts where – you just you don't have to come in because you're technically not under contract. Tony Pollard goes in and signs his franchise tender early on because it's Tony Pollard. He hasn't made a lot of money. You lock in $10 million. Your extension's probably not going to be worth on an average per year basis a lot more than that. So make sure you get that money. But as we talk about turning around the running back market, the way that you, the ultimate leverage any player has is withholding your services. Not in minicamp, not even in training camp. But the threat of, I'm actually going to miss games. Saquon said it himself. We don't have Patrick Mahomes, which, of course, not a slight. Don't, not don't a flip, slight. Don't flip hey, it like that. Not a slight. Don't flip Daniel it like Jones. that. Not. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the truth. That's yeah. a Giants team that depended a lot on him, especially in the first half of the season when they really didn't have any uh, semblance of a, of a passing game. So if, the Diggs one is, is really curious. Because Stephon Diggs kind of invented this, by the way. Stephon Diggs invented the tweeting your way out of town move. <laughs> like, no, nobody was doing that four years ago. Nobody was 
or three years ago, whatever it was, three and a half years ago, nobody was using social media to kind of engineer these things. And then we've seen other players try it in the past few years with varying degrees of success. So is he going to be able to somehow create enough of a firestorm that the circumstances change in Buffalo? Again, it's it's really hard to believe on the surface that that is possible. Um, but we'll see because, I mean, either he has a plan or the plan is just, I'm good. I don't need three practices in June. I'll see you at the end of July. Yeah, what are the ch- you just want to handicap the chances that we're just reading too much like like what is the it? hell going on well, like, am, I, am i reading too much into this is that the tyree kill that's one? what we're all wondering uh we're just oversimplifying this and it's like much ado about nothing i just i don't care about 100k and i just don't want to work out and go to buffalo i would i would bet you brockman we probably have a stefan Diggs tweet before the end of the show am i reading this right <laughs> bottom line whether it's a whether he messages me back or whether he just goes on twitter and tweets out something himself he never shies from social media so adam benigni who uh, covers a team for mm-hmm. radio in buffalo they have confirmed that Diggs was at team headquarters yesterday for medical testing and then did not show up today Hmm. So again, there's obviously something unusual with the situation. We will find out exactly what it is. If you're Stephon Diggs, we're ranking the receivers in the NFL right now. Ooh, very high. Where are you putting them? In the NFL or the AFC? The the entire NFL. The entire NFL. He's top five. You got Justin Jefferson up there. I got Devontae uh, Adams. Adams. I still have Tyreek Hill. Stephon Diggs, four? Four sounds good. Beyond, Je- behind Jefferson? Yeah, behind Jefferson, Hill, and Adams. Right. I'm going to put him fourth. So it's one, of your, it's one of your most important players on an AFC contender at this point. You would think you would want to resolve whatever this is <laughs> as soon as possible. But again, we will, uh, we will await further information on that point. Well, Tom, Meanwhile, I, I, Tom yeah. I, I called this back in, uh, back in Arizona during the Super Bowl. It's very clear. Steph Diggs wants to play with his brother. Okay, that's bottom line. He wants to play. With his <laughs> Here we go. And we're G- the- give me yeah, your on, give me TJ. your ultimate Stir it up. Con- Cowboys conspiracy theory, TJ. Oh. Let's hear it. Oh, it's not a conspiracy. How are you going to make this happen? I don't know because you know I'm, none of us are good at math, so we can't figure out a, uh, a we can't figure out you know the numbers behind this. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, he said some things during our interview with him in Arizona for the Super Bowl that just led me to believe, and maybe as a Cowboy fan, I'm reading into this too much. But he wants to play with his brother, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I mean, Steph, Steph did do some disappearing acts on the Vikings. Remember, during the regular season in that final year, back in 2019, I believe it was, he just didn't show up one day. It was like on a Thursday, and he just wasn't there, and that became an entire thing, and that was part of what put the blocks in place for him to eventually be out of town. There's only there's a small percentage of players. I mean, you talk about him being a top-four receiver, Brockman, in the NFL. There's a small percentage of players that are good enough that you can put up with a variety of different things. Diggs is definitely in that category. But once again, I would just reiterate, if he thinks that somehow this is going to get him out of Buffalo, it is really, really hard to imagine. And I think that the people who have been around Stefan a lot would frankly just say, Stefan's going to do Stefan. He's going to do his thing. Mm-hmm. It's he likes a little bit of drama. 
He likes all the talk about himself during the offseason. This is certainly one way to do it. This is unusual. This is a different way to attempt to pull it off, again, because he restructured his contract not that long ago. With some of the other situations, with Devin White in Tampa, just like Buddha, just like Jonah Williams, Jonah's a little different because, in essence, his position was taken away, and he wants to play a position that is now occupied by a very highly paid player in Orlando Brown Jr. With the others, there are some of these trade requests that, I don't want to say they're fake, but they're about negotiating ploys. They're about trying to push things a certain direction. And the Buccaneers have zero intention to trade Devin White. When Todd Bowles talked about him today, basically just said, yeah, he'll be ready to go for training camp in the season. No issues. Doesn't sound like there's any trade talk on that front, but you know, how are you going to get that deal done? Could he potentially hold out into training camp? The issue with holding out into training camp, of course, is the CBA is fairly punitive now in terms of how much money you can lose if you don't show up, particularly if you if you don't show up through, I believe it's day five. They start going after signing bonus money and everything else. You kind of have limited options unless you're willing to eat millions of dollars in fines and then begin missing game checks. So the time to do this stuff in terms of trade requests and everything else is now. It's the spring. It's just, again... Stephon Diggs is breaking new ground by not not showing up to the mandatory minicamp. Jonah Williams, same thing. He was a first-round draft pick. He's got a guaranteed contract. If the Bengals don't want to trade him, and the Bengals almost never trade. They never trade. They almost never cut anybody. Mm -hmm. The Carlos Dunlap trade that they made a couple years ago to Seattle was like their first trade deadline trade since the 70s or something. Like They never make trades. Obviously, they traded Carson Palmer, but he flat out retired and said, I would rather not play football than play in Cincinnati anymore. So realistically, these are the things like agents have to navigate too. Like what is a team's history on these things with the bills? They've never let anybody tweet their way out of town. They've had some not great endings with different players, but certainly not one of their top players and not a guy who's making as much money uh, as Stefan Diggs is this season. Uh, give us a call on this too, 844-204-RICH. We got a lot to talk about here. AJ Brown, next that's my several hours. AJ Brown, Brown is, is my favorite. I've always thought AJ Brown's one of the underrated receivers in the whole NFL. I think Great. last year in Philly, finally people saw when he's in an offense that wants yeah. to throw the ball more than 100 times a year mm-hmm. that he's pretty productive. I just always have thought he's an unbelievable physical threat just in terms of like what he can do on the outside, the different ways that he can beat you. And great guy to interview from screaming uh, screaming away. down to him on the field. Uh, we got to take a break here. Leonard Fournette's going to join us later on. Ian Rappaport sent me like five texts. He's got to come on at a different time now. We'll find the spot for him. <laughs> He'll join as well. Join the conversation with us. 844-204-RICH. It's Tom Pelissero in on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Jeff Schwartz is going to autograph my copy this of Great amazing. Jews in Sports. This is an amazing book. I did not know this thing existed. There you go. They starved David. <laughs> Have you ever signed? I've never here, signed. Hold on, I, give me the book and I'll hold it up right I've here. I signed a lot of things. Hey, let's well, see what this looks like. I signed like. a toilet seat one time. I signed a what do you mean? Hold on. What, you signed a toilet seat? Yeah, at Oregon we had this like you know like the big day where everyone comes and signs things, and um, and uh, some guy brought a toilet seat one year and then brought a toaster the next year. Okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. Do you do you know who the... You, you and your brother were the first Jewish brothers yeah. to play in the NFL since? Do you know that? 1923. It's in my book, Yuma Schwartz. <laughs> it's like the start of the book. Do you know the name of the... Do you know their names? Yeah, it was uh, it was the, free, it was the uh, Friedman brothers, right? No. Oh, no, not the Friedman no, that, brothers. No, Benny Friedman, who, by the way, went to University the, of Michigan, father of the modern was, uh, class. Um, I should know this. There were, I didn't... Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you Ralph and Arnold... Yeah, Horween. Horween, yeah. yeah. I used to know. Horween brothers. I used to. I should know that. That's in my book. But yeah, um, yeah. That, that's that I do know. Ralph was an All-American at Harvard. Oh, his mother must have been so proud. Yes. God uh, bless. Won the 1920 Rose Bowl. Played under the alias of Ralph McMahon, an Irish name. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? I, Are there Horween's in the I, book? I just went to I just went to local Oregon. Jeez, Arnold feel like... uh, played four seasons for Racine Chicago Cardinals with his brother. Let me look it up. They, ha- they better. Hold be. on a minute. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on a minute. Uh, are they in here? The Horween's are not in. Or here. Are they under the Irish name? Red Holtz. We got to look under McMahon just in case <laughs> they put the Irish alias in here. No. Oh. Uh, Red Holtzman's in here. We got a special project that I gave you guys this morning. Uh, we're going to do it at the top of the hour. Yeah. Ooh. Idea of it being, Ooh. we're starting a, a franchise right now in the NFL with any four players. We're going to do a little draft, an expansion draft. Uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this sorts out in terms of the building blocks that we come up with. And Brockman, for the seventh time, you cannot draft Tom Brady. Come on. Because he's a free it's, agent it's and he's retired. Done. He is both... Not playing anymore and not on the team. That. This is only don't is know that. players that who are in submitted? the league now. Has that paperwork been submitted? 
The paperwork has been submitted, but that is irrelevant because all you do is you file another piece of paperwork saying, I'm back. Oh, okay. Michael Jordan style. I'm back. And you are immediately reinstated (laughs) to the roster. Stoner said no. So no Tom Brady. (sighs) Fine. You just ruined it for him, Tom. What about Gronk? Gronk also not on a team and not playing in the NFL. So my first four picks were going to be Brady, Gronk, Edelman. James White. You got to move on. Uh. <laughs> Seriously. I'm starting to think you have a problem. I, 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 I like to win. <laughs> you, you gave me the assignment a couple of days ago. Yes, Tom. This is a great yeah. idea. Your name is Tom. It's a great idea because he great came to, up with it. Your name is Tom. <laughs> Thomas? Are you a Thomas? I, I am technically a Thomas, but I've never gone by Thomas in my life. I was Ever. Tommy growing up. Tommy growing up. And then... Got to college and decided, Tom, it's time for Tom. Are you a junior or a third or I'm anything? I'm a junior. You're a junior, okay. Mm-hmm. What's middle name? Do we know? Is that public knowledge? Do you want my social security number over the air, too? <laughs> LifeLock, you should be good. I'm sure you can Google it. All right. Top five to all-time Toms from Tom Pelissero. So I, I brainstormed this after the show yesterday. Give and some music, Mikey. There are a lot. Like there, there's a lot of oh, great lot. options. Oh, it's yeah. been a popular name for a long time. Don't know where it ranks on. You you see those state lists, and it's always like you know there's certain names where like zero people are named Chad this year, but like there's eight thousand <laughs> in your state named Jupiter. You know, it's always like what is everyone really? That's everybody's name right now. Uh, but so I decided that in order to do this the right way, we got to take out everyone named Thomas and Tommy. We can't do any. Any variations. It's got to be strictly Tom's. So They're known as Tom. Uh, exactly. Apologies yeah, exactly. to Thomas Jefferson, yep. Tommy Lee, Thomas Ooh, Tommy Lee Jones, Ooh. Tommy Lee Lewis, Tommy Fraser, Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now you're really no. stretching it. No <laughs> Thomases and Tom 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 Tom, No Tommies. Okay. Mikey, I think Tom we just, Tom we, if we're going straight Tom Tom Toms oh, here. No Tommy Hearns. Yes. I'm going to put your boy Tom Brady at number five. Five. Well, it's easier just to get that one out of the way. Mike, Clearly the greatest greatest of all time yeah, in the NFL. No, I got make it we'll see where Patrick Mahomes is in 10, 15 years here. Uh, Tom Brady clearly. Okay. Clearly makes the list. Well, he's on Number the list. five all-time Toms. Number four. Going Tom Morello, the guitarist from okay. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, There's a, a surprising number of wow. Toms in music. Um, oh, yeah. Might be another one on the list here. But Morello makes it. Uh, number three, Tom Hanks. Okay. No I mean, brainer. That's no brainer. For 40 years no from brainer. the comedy days in the 80s through right now, the blockbusters and everything else. He also invented COVID. All the stuff that he's brought to us. I, I don't want to give him props for that. Hanks, Hanks is up there. I mean, he was like, that was the day. It yeah. was the day. It was, number it was one. him and, and it was Rudy, Rudy, uh, Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And then I thought it was over. I and then I, I, you know, was the next day trying to buy toilet paper and fighting people for it at the grocery store. <laughs> that, that was really the, that was the turning point. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Tom Petty. Oh, uh, good Tom catalog. Another no, another no-brainer. I'm not like the number one Tom Petty fan in the world, okay. but there's like a lot of hits when you really dive into the full catalog here. Big time. I think that he's one of those. Tom Petty has to be on the short list of artists. That, like, do you know anyone who like dislikes Tom Petty? There's either there's people who love Tom Petty, there's people who are like, yeah, yeah like Tom Petty. No one ever goes, I hate Tom Petty. Right. No one's ever like, hey, you want to listen to, hey, who's this, Tom Petty? 
F that guy. Yeah. Like, no one's ever uh, stop walking down said that. my street. Right. Who do you expect me? No, I, I want to hear the rest. Can you <laughs> don't come on, here no more. <laughs> Enjoyed every second of that. Thank you. Number one, uh, I wasn't told whether or not fictional people could be in here, but I, I am going to go Tom Wamsgams. Wow! I think that... The <laughs> the entirety. Wow! Turn off see that if coming. you haven't watched the finale yet of Succession. We've I'm giving you five, <laughs> four, three, two, earmuffs, one. Cover your ears. Turn on the volume. Come back to us at the top of the hour. Wamsgams is a fantastic Minnesota character because when you grow up in Minneapolis, like I did in the Minneapolis area. You know a lot of people who are sort of like that. There's the people who are just Minnesota through and through, and they got the accent, and you you know that they just kind of like, they, they live the Minnesota life. And then you've got the other people, and I wouldn't put myself in this category, even though I've definitely spent a lot of time on my non-regional addiction, who just kind of like <laughs> spend their lives like making sure that like you're kind of, you're floating into, you're not a Minnesotan. Because what do Minnesotans do? You might move away and you end up back. Tom Wamsgams is the ultimate climber. And from the start of Succession, a show unlike any other where, after the first episode, my wife, Sarah, said, I can't watch this show. I can't watch it. I hate every character on the show. I understand, Sarah. She's also very anti-opens of shows. Oh. You know how, like, on, on what is it now, Max? Max. Not Max. HBO Max. Yeah. Just Max. Not HBO Go. Nope. What was the other one? HBO Now? Now. Nope. Yeah. Max. Not, well, it's not Now. It's not Go. It's not even HBO. It's Max. Yep. But then you can scroll over to HBO on the top of it. But on, on Max now, when the show begins, you can, you know, skip do the title. skip, skip intro. Yeah. And Sarah, more than any person I've ever met, I love her. <laughs> she does not want to listen to the intro. Oh, it's 15 okay. seconds. We're on the finale of Succession. She's like, skip it. I'm like, skip, <laughs> skip. It's One of the finale. iconic theme songs of any show Sweet. all time. Sweet. Really? So she watched the whole series with you then. She watched. Yes. So we had to after yeah, proclaiming that, that she hated after it. ruling out <laughs> yeah. the show. We took like a year. And then everybody was talking about it. So we literally started over from episode wow. one and like gutted it out through several. I can't watch this anymore. I hate them all. But point being, Tom Wamsgams, which is just the most fun name to say of Great all name. time, but also was somebody who I don't know that you could truly hate him on the level that you hate all the Roy children. He just was just sort of this cartoonish character all the way back to the bachelor party which we will not describe <laughs> on DJ, this show. You, would, you would love that episode that is i've never oh, seen it Tom. am i spoiling this for tj no no you're, no, you're no, never no, gonna no, watch yeah, huh yeah, yeah. nah he'll watch at some point tom Wamsgams, to me is just a fantastic character the the combination with Cousin Greg, and then for him to be the one that comes out on yeah, top disgusting, brother. in the end, because he's the least objectionable of all the options, of all the people, Me was too. a perfect ending. Yes, the, the hand, the very tenuous union. This is as close as he and Shiv are ever going to be right here. Is that Tom there? Yeah, that's yeah. Tom. Yeah. That's Tom Wamsgams. Uh... Succession, succession ending was also sad for me on, on multiple levels. 
Like that and uh, Ted Lasso both ending same in the week. same week. Oh, brutal. So not only was that two of like the regular shows that I actively looked forward to watching, but it also ended a great run for those of us with sloping shoulders on TV. Like there's not many people like I've, I've had the affliction, right? Like shoulders have never been my thing. It's just kind of all it's neck to the arms. <laughs> and we had a fantastic run between those two shows with Kendall Roy and Roy Kent. Which are two names that are really similar, by the way. And I didn't think about it until I just said it right there. Yeah, you're Kendall right. Roy, Roy Kent. <laughs> Both guys with no shoulders whatsoever. And they show that you can have success. <laughs> I'm sitting in this chair. I yeah, probably right. come in number three on the no shoulder success list. But it was really sad <laughs> for me. You know, you, you watch, right? It's, it's representation. I just want to see some people <laughs> that aren't chiseled, that don't have like broad broad chests and everything else. I just want to see some people who look like me on TV. And I had them, and now both characters are gone. Roy Kent in a better spot than Kendall Roy. How I, so? I think we would admit. Well, at, the, at end, the end of the show? At the end of the show, at the end of their respective Roy runs. Roy Kent's got, a, again, earmuffs five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. So Roy Kent has a friend, finally. He kind of has a girlfriend. And he has a new gig. He has the opportunity, and he's got a new gig. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'd still watch, right? The Roy Kent show? It's just, it's still Ted Lasso. Ted's back in, where is he? Nebraska, Oklahoma, wherever he is. Kansas. 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 And Roy's coaching the team. Yeah. Now, I thought it, the, the show got a little little off the rails toward the end. It became more, it's like the later years, the final season of Seinfeld, right. where everything's just sort of a caricature of the people within the show. But I, The last, like, four were really strong. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd still tune in. Yeah. I'd, I'd still come back from it. Yeah, uh, Logan Roy staring out into the abyss as his father's bodyguard is uh, watching to make sure he doesn't jump. Yeah, that's one of the sadder endings <laughs> for a show in modern yeah. history, uh-huh. but also very appropriately depressing and dark. Yeah, I mean, TJ, he's here, he's there, he's, he's everywhere. It. Roy can't. Roy can't. Roy can't. We need more songs. Any, any, no Kent NFL player has a, a, has a song, right? Oh, Every soccer really? player, the well, great we, soccer like, players, they all... crowds aren't like Jamie you know, Tarts. European crowds, man. Yeah, they, they get the, right. the chants going. They got the nicknames. You know, they're, they go but like Ameri- Is that a, just an American thing? We just don't want to come up with songs? Like, I've been to a, like a Minnesota United game. Mm-hmm. No, and they L- have supporters who L- do their chants and L- stuff. L-A-F-C. I have no idea what they're saying. You've been to an LAFC game. Mm-hmm. They have the whole section behind one of the goals. And they stand and chant and sing the whole game, beginning to end. And it's kind of a thing. If you sit in that section, it's kind of understood that you're going to particip- participate. Well, doesn't baseball lend itself to this, to having chance? Like, we're, we're constantly, every discussion about baseball is, boy, this is a boring sport. How do we get this thing? Let's just get this game <laughs> over faster. There were just chants and songs the whole game. Forget walk-up music. Well, Walk-up songs. European cool. crowds come up with interesting chants. American cool. crowds would rather blow up a beach ball and... Pass it around the, the stage and do the wave. That's our thing. Right. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. is this a Cuban shuffle? Great. Check, Here we go. Check Let's European crowd. Stance to that. Advantage. It's been the same four songs in American stadiums and arenas for my entire life. Like <laughs> Rock and Roll Part Two. Rock We've been doing Rock that Zero. for 40 years. And it hasn't ended well for Gary Glitter. Maybe we need to have somebody write a new song. Rock and Roll Part Three. Good. Mike. All right. Let's go. The NFL expansion draft. You do not want to miss that. Coming up. Right after this on The Rich Eisen Show with me, Tom Pellicero.